when sending out our invites, we decided to write handwritten cards to each of our guests. It was a really special touch and I think a really nice experience for James and I to do together. Yeah, it was really lovely. And I think to be able to write, you know, why you love and care about someone and why you want them included in your day, it really validated for us the reasons why we wanted to celebrate with these people. Hi, and welcome to the Unveiled podcast, debunking wedding planning all the way to I do. As a photographer and videographer in the industry, we're asked daily as to where to start when it comes to planning your big day. So allow us to help you make the planning process as seamless as possible. Consider Unveiled your little black book of weddings, packed full of insight from industry experts, do's and don'ts from couples who have tied the knot, plus an abundance of info on your most requested topics. I'm Lucy, founder and wedding photographer at Lucy Weddings, and I'm here with wedding videographer and my soon-to-be husband, Eddie Blake, who got extremely carried away with lifted lockdowns over the weekend <laughs> and drunk uh, enough for the both of us. Yes, that's right. But I did catch up with a couple that I'm <laughs> shooting in December and it was good. We managed to chat about their wedding and it was just good to have a face-to-face and have a couple beers. But yes, that did escalate a little bit later on and... Uh, was nursing a bit of a hangover over the weekend, but yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, I think a lot of people were, I think it's almost like everyone's forgotten how to do it. So <laughs> we're all relearning again. Yeah, so before we get stuck into today's episode, just wanted to say thanks to everyone that's been tuning in so far. I know that we're both having a ball doing this. So if you like what you've been hearing, make sure you jump over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a real quick review. So Luce, let's get stuck in. So episode number 15 of Unveiled today, we're headed down south for this week's episode with bride Alice, who married her beau of 10 years, James, on the lush grounds of Tarara House. You actually shot today's episode, didn't you? Yeah, it was a ripper. Alice shares with us why a recent change of hands at Tarara House didn't upset their decision to go ahead with the venue, why they opted to bring in their own choice of catering. And also some killer and much-needed tips on navigating the heated discussions over the one thing that seems to have most couples up in arms. You guessed it. (laughs) The guest list. (laughs) Welcome, Alice. G'day, Alice. Hi, Eddie. Thanks for having me today. Oh, thanks Thanks for coming on. Thanks for jumping on. on. Your wedding was one of our favourites, so (laughs) we're um, stoked that you said yes. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's exciting to talk about again, to be honest. Yeah. Reliving, re, reliving all of the memories. So, if you were to describe your relationship with James in three words, what do you think they would be? Yeah, so I think I would describe us as a team. I feel like we're very much on the same page with life and what we're wanting to do with our life and very supportive of each other. So, I think team, social, we absolutely love spending time and having fun with our family and friends. And honest um we are very honest with each other i'm probably too honest at times um, <laughs> no such thing but, uh, <laughs> but i think that is um that's a good thing so yeah i'd probably say team social and honest yeah honesty is the best policy you sound like the dream team um so before booking anything in for your wedding what were you guys on the same page with what type of wedding that you were after Yeah, I think so. We both knew that we really wanted to have sort of a big party and celebration with great music and food and just be able to sort of maximise and spend as much time as possible celebrating with our friends and family. I was, to be honest, I was quite keen to get married in Sydney at first um, and then hire a boat the next day on the harbour for our recovery, whereas James was quite set on getting married out of Sydney 
And I think after we've sort of done lots of research and put together our spreadsheet of all possible venues, in the end, getting married out of Sydney just seemed to tick more boxes for us. Mm. Yeah. So on that, you got ended up getting married at Tarara House, which is, for the listeners, about two and a half hours south of Sydney. Uh, why, why this venue? Yeah, so it was about a month and a bit after we um, got engaged that we started researching and emailing different venues. We It was one Sunday, my mum, James and I, we drove from Sydney to Barrel to Tarara to Braidwood and back again, all in one day to look at four different venues. It was a huge day of driving, but I think the moment we sort of arrived at Tarara and you drive down this beautiful tree-lined driveway past the estate and we were just really blown away. It just felt right and we were shown around the estate by the new owners at the time. Um, they they had just recently bought the property um, and we were going to be the first wedding under their ownership. And we just loved the garden feel. The house itself sleeps 20, which meant that our, um, it would accommodate our family and bridal party um, at different nights over the long weekend. And the owners were just so accommodating with all of our requests and they were really genuinely excited about hosting our wedding. So look, it it was a close call between this venue and the one in Braidwood, but I think in the end, Tarara just felt more us and our heart sort of felt more connected to that venue. Nice. I'm just going to ask on that, did you you guys feel at all deterred when you sort of found out that there was a change of hands and that you were going to be the first wedding there under new ownership? Yeah, look, I, I, it, it did definitely cross our mind. I think knowing that, that they sort of weren't experienced in hosting weddings mm. um, and I wasn't sure like how open they were going to be with our requests. But I think ultimately the vendors we decided to use, we ended up engaging white top venues. And I think by engaging them, it gave both the owners of Tarara and us like a sense, like we were, everyone felt really relieved that we were in the right hands and that things were going to be done correctly and making sure, um, you know, we we were going to respect the house and the grounds. Um, so, yes, it definitely did cross our minds, but they were very, very flexible with our requests in wanting to bring our own caterer in um, and do things a little bit differently to what they had, had originally put in their sort of first bridal package. Um, we definitely did some things differently, and I think, Ultimately, that was probably a benefit for them in that they have now continued doing some of the suggestions we put in place. I'm sure they've made changes, but they were very accommodating, but it definitely did cross our minds. Yeah. You touched on you engage white top venues and a caterer. I'm assuming yeah, it was it was mainly a DIY wedding. Did, did you engage the help of a planner or how did you guys go about all of that? There is a barn at Tarara and so we did have the option of getting married in the barn, but the barn um, is at the back of the house. And James and I just loved the beautiful grounds at the front of the house and being able to look back at the house. Uh, And so we decided to um, put up a marquee. And so we used white top venues for that. And, you know, they have just, their service is absolutely incredible. And they honestly made the whole planning process really easy and enjoyable. And so they took care of, a lot of the planning and preparation for us and then there was a caterer at Tarara already but again we were quite keen to um to bring in our own caterer purely because I'd had experience we used Simonique's catering and we'd used him as a family before and we knew his food was delicious and I just knew by 
having him cater our wedding, we just wouldn't have to worry about it. Mm. So he was able to bump in and use the commercial kitchen that's available at Tarara. So I think by using sort of familiar vendors that you feel comfortable with, that definitely made the process a lot easier. Yes, I think I remember your wedding coordinator for White Top. Her name was Millie. Yes, and she Millie. was absolutely incredible across everything yes. and so friendly. You know, she was assigned to us, so you get because you you get a wedding coordinator assigned to you. Um, and she like she was so approachable and made the effort to come to Sydney to meet us. She came out to the venue a few t- times as well as the owner Josh. So she was a huge part of our wedding and. I think just really allowed us to enjoy and make the most of the whole weekend. They just went to the extra mile. Like even we had a recovery, garden recovery the next day and they helped to set that up with, you know, everything that we needed, the tables and the stools and all of our drinks nice and cold. And it was the NRL grand final and they set up a screen for us to project the game. So oh, they just, legends. James yeah, would they love just, that. <laughs> yes. They do go that extra mile and I think if you do need a marquee using them and having the, taking advantage of their service, um, it just it really takes the pressure off. Yeah. Uh, thanks That's for saying that. Important. Because yeah, we've ha- I've had a couple of chats with some couples recently and the way you had about, am I right in saying your guest list was about 150-ish? I think we ended up having, it was 120, like seven or 125 okay. or something around there. Yeah, so you had quite a few logistics and people and it can become quite overwhelming sometimes doing a wedding for the first time. Yeah, so, totally. you know, having someone like that on hand really takes the pressure off. That is really important. I mean, I think it's a luxury to have. Um, and I'm, you know, totally aware that not everyone is in the position to be able to, you know, have these services. But I think it's, it's sort of working your budget, you know, to be thinking about what's important to you and t- taking that pressure off. I think it really means you can just soak up and enjoy every moment. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. So you guys tied the knot in October. Was this the time of the year that you guys always hoped to do it we were never really set on a specific time of the year uh we got engaged in february and we both you know didn't want to have a long engagement i think we were just really excited to finally sort of be engaged we've been together for you know over 10 years james was definitely ready, ready to get married sooner than i was he had to get me across the line that's very rare I think it just um, it came down to the time of the year. You know, being October, it's not too hot, not too cold. Um, you don't have to worry about sweating. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a big one for the bride I and think the boys. An, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah true. Sorry, yeah, definitely yeah. having having the suit the suit jacket on, you know, all day. But I think having it over the long weekend also meant that we could have the wedding we wanted on the Saturday and the recovery without anyone having to take any time off. Yeah, wedding days never seem to go for long enough anyway, so it's awesome that you guys got to squeeze that in over the long weekend. Were there any things that you and James didn't see eye to eye on? How did you how did you overcome this? Yeah, I think one of the parts of planning that we found difficult or had a few heated discussions about were which friends and family to invite. The guest list always seems to be yeah, the thing that keeps coming common, up. common denominator <laughs> that pops up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it really is quite tricky. And I think, look, I think ultimately we realise that it is a moment in time. Uh, your friends change and your friends will change and evolve as time goes on. And it's really easy to sit and dwell on your guest list. But I think ultimately 
you just have to trust your gut and I think we managed to do a pretty good job in the end. But yeah, that definitely, we definitely had a few heated discussions over that. And I think I found myself at times worrying too much about others and what they wanted and how the day would be for them. And I think, again, at the end of the day, I had to keep reminding myself that it was a celebration for James and I. That was probably something James had to keep reminding me of to be conscious that we were making the decisions for us um, and not for other people. Yeah, very important. Yeah. So did anything unexpected present itself during the wedding planning or was it pretty smooth sailing? I really enjoyed the planning process. Um, It wasn't too tiresome. Well, I didn't think it was too tiresome. We were fortunate enough to have help from our family. So I think that takes away um, a little bit of the pressure, um, which we were very grateful for. But I think probably a little challenge is you do get caught up in the whole celebration well, you can get caught up in the whole celebration very easily and especially with Instagram and mm. looking at all these, you know, lavish Italian weddings, <laughs> you, can, you can suddenly become someone that's very different to who you actually are. So I think it's just about being aware and bringing yourself back down to earth and that you don't have to have absolutely everything for this one celebration. Yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing that. So one of the benefits of keeping everything on site is that you can capitalise on spending all that time with your guests. Did you guys ever consider having the ceremony off-site? No, we didn't. No, we didn't consider it. I think I think that's why, to, why we were so drawn to Tarara in the beginning because we were able to have everything there uh you know once the guests arrived there was you know no need for them to hop on a bus or hop in their car to drive to the pub in between the ceremony and the reception everything was just there but one thing we did have to be mindful of was given they were going to be there for an extended period of time we had to sort of plan our day so the guests were moving around the estate from different areas um and i think that is important to consider if you are getting married and having the reception at one venue. You sort of want them to have a little bit of an experience. Mm. And again, I think, you know, White Tops and Tarara were really helpful in offering suggestions of like where our guests could move um, at different times of the day. Yeah, I I can understand that. I think that, you know, the convenience of having a wedding all in one spot is amazing, but it is also breaking it up to make it sort of feel like a bit of a bit of a journey as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, our guests were coming back the next day for the recovery, for a garden party recovery. So we were, were we had to be aware of sort of which areas of the estate we were using at different times. What would you say the best decision you made in regards to your wedding was? Oh, that is a real, that is really <laughs> hard. I think I would have two. When sending out our invites, we decided to write handwritten cards to each of our guests. It was a really special touch and I think a really nice experience for James and I to do together. Mm. I'm not going to lie, it took a very long time. (laughs) Is this where the inner teacher comes out? I can't even imagine (laughs) writing 127 cards. (laughs) I think so. Yeah, at night time we would, you know, we would often be quite frustrated knowing that we had to sit down and write these cards, but it was honestly the best decision and the, you know, the beautiful comments we got from our friends and family when they received the cards with their invite, it just, Mm. yeah, it was really lovely. And I think to be able to write, you know, why you love and care about someone and why you want them included in your day, it really validated for us the reasons why we wanted to celebrate with these people. And it 
I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you can't write a card to someone, then maybe they shouldn't be on your guest list. That so. is a really good, it's a really good point. Yeah. Even if you didn't want to do the cards, maybe think, can I write a card to this person? And if you're really scratching for ideas, then... Um, that is a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. That could be a great um, way that, to cull your guest list. They'll keep those forever <laughs> as well. It's a keepsake. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the second one was during our ceremony, we took the time to acknowledge our bridal party individually. Um, so with our celebrant, we wrote a few words about each of our bridesmaids and groomsmen. And we didn't tell them that it was happening during the ceremony. So they were quite surprised and it just was a really special moment watching their reaction and just acknowledging them sort of publicly in front of all of, all of our family mm. and friends. Yeah. And also because they go to sort of that extra mile for you for during the celebration and, and in the lead up. So it was a really beautiful moment. And at the footage and the photos we have of that moment are really special. Yeah, That is really nice. I've seen, I've sort of seen brides and grooms address that at receptions but I've never seen anyone really do that at a ceremony and I think that's really a really nice touch because you've really got everyone's attention at a ceremony whereas reception it can get a little bit rowdy and you know (laughs) not everyone's paying attention but I think that's a really beautiful way to acknowledge those special people who are up the front with you and it's authentic it's it's not done often I haven't Mm. seen that done too many times we might have to copy and paste that idea (laughs) (laughs) I I will say it did get quite emotional like it was really beautiful to see the boys they were really trying to fight back hold it but um (laughs) I mean James was already quite emotional to begin with so I think everyone was very happy to let their tears flow because from the very beginning he was quite teary um which was quite surprising to be honest but um (laughs) no it was a it was a really lovely moment that's gorgeous it's funny it's always the um the grooms that you don't think are going to be emotional that are the most yeah. emotional. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. I thought it was going to be me. I'm the blubbering mess normally. Yeah. And I think when I saw him, I was like, oh, gosh, Alice, you've got to, you've got to hold it together for the <laughs> two of us. <laughs> um, your wedding dress, so stunning, like so, so stunning. And I, I said to Ed, it's, it's, it's gorgeous because it almost looked like almost looked like a top and a skirt, like it almost looked like a separate piece. Yeah, a few people ask me that. Yeah, it's really gorgeous, super classic. How did you go with the journey of finding that? And who designed it? Who's it by? It was was by Tony Matachewski. Oh, beautiful, Um, yes. And look, I was quite apprehensive about the whole finding your wedding dress in the beginning. Um, I'm not someone who normally finds dresses easily and I knew that I didn't want anything too bridal. Um, I just wanted like a beautiful dress or gown and it was really important to me that I felt comfortable and and was able to dance. So I ended up, (laughs) yes, definitely. I ended up booking an appointment just to get the ball rolling, this bridal boutique. And I didn't necessarily love the dresses at this place, but um, it was an appointment I could get and it just gave me the opportunity to try all different styles. And in the beginning, I was certain that I wanted something beaded and I loved that, you know, the beautiful Israeli designers, but it just did not suit me at all. Mm. It highlighted, you know, all of my parts that I did not want on show. (laughs) So I then booked an appointment at the David Jones Bridal Boutique and they don't have a huge selection, but I liked that they stock designer gowns as well as specific bridal gowns. I didn't even know that existed. 
Yeah, so there's a, and it's actually just been redone. It's a, it's really beautiful up the top where they've redone the, the shoe floor at David Jones. It's this really beautiful bridal suite. Oh, um, and they're great. so helpful there. Yeah. And I ended up trying on a style that I would never normally wear. I'm not, I'm not someone who wears, a, who wears strapless pieces very often or ever really. I just fell in love with it. Yeah, the, the fabric that um, Tony Matuszewski uses, it's just perfect. And I loved how it looked. It was quite structural and the, the gorgeous lines. And I just really felt like myself in it. Yeah, well, it looked beautiful on you, Alice, honestly. Oh, thank you. It was it's quite gorgeous. funny, though, because it had this. I don't know if you're familiar with much of his work, but there's often different added um, bits of fabric sort of you know, it might pop up over the shoulder or at yes. your hip. And it had this fabric at the back, which when I turned to the side, it looked like I had a tail. <laughs> um, and we we deliberated over it for a while, like whether I could remove it or, you know, if by removing it, would it affect the flow of the dress? And to be honest, I'm so glad I removed it because I think I would have definitely regretted, you know, standing. Um, <laughs> seeing that in ceremony. the photos. <laughs> yeah, and standing side on and seeing this thing. And I'm sure James would have been like, what is that coming out of your bum? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I still love it today. Some, you know, a friend actually, a friend of a friend asked if I would put it on this wedding dress site, um, sort of for secondhand wedding dresses and, I just, no, I, I love it too much to get rid of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm it's, always interested to know what brides do with their dresses afterwards. Sort of a 50-50, I think. Yeah. From... No, Lucy's mum's still got her dress. You were trying it on, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a bit of an old school tradition of like holding on to your dress for that long. Yeah, um, and I think some people turn them into sort of christening gowns and things like that, don't they? Yes, yes. Well, we had a bridal designer on just the other week and she was sort of saying that her next step is to sort of implement this whole like being, in, being her brides being able to bring their gowns back and be recreated for something that can, <laughs> you know, be like worn as a dress that you just go out in or, a you yeah. know, a really beautiful cocktail dress or that kind of thing. So I think... I think that's a really cool idea. I think there's always room to be able to recreate. That's got legs. Yeah, definitely. Business idea, Luce. Yeah, well, I can't just (laughs) – it's not my business idea. (laughs) So, Alice, you guys opted for a band over a DJ. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, and so how did you come to that decision and do you have any recommendations for one or the other? Yeah, so this was a a non-negotiable for us, especially for James. James plays the guitar actually and he used to play gigs when we were at uni and going and watching his gigs with all of our friends um, was always a big part of our relationship in the early years. So that was one part of the wedding that James was definitely set on. And I actually found our band, um, Michael from Fifth Whiskey through Instagram. So I started Googling lots of pubs in Sydney and looking at their gig guides and then I would look up the musicians on Instagram. And when we found Michael, we just knew straight away from his Instagram videos that we wanted to book him, but we still ended up going to a pub in Coogee to watch him play. And he's just such a talented guitarist and he really made our dance floor. Quite a few of our friends have actually had him at their wedding since. So we get to see them quite often, which is nice. Yeah, I can. It's all coming back to me now. I actually remember two things, uh, the bridal party all coming in and the everyone up on their feet straight away and then later in the night didn't James get on the guitar 
Yes, On he the did. I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah, I've got some awesome. photos. Yeah, it's great. He, yeah, he did. He um, absolutely hit it out of the ballpark with his wedding speech. And he did a speech to begin with and then ended up doing a five-song medley where he which told our story from the beginning um, where oh, he changed the lyrics. That's awesome. Jeez, um, so good. Was, what a talent. Oh, he's I good. know. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty special. Um, and, yeah, we've got all the footage of that. So, yeah, I think he he was everyone's favourite at the end of the night. Everyone just couldn't quite believe it. <laughs> <laughs> did that? Was that a surprise or did he plan to – did he always plan to do that? Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I, I, I had in the back of my head, which probably could have, you know, made me very disappointed. I had in the back of my head that maybe he would play. And I kept thinking, oh, God, what a missed opportunity if he doesn't decide to play. But we hadn't spoken about it. And he definitely, I never caught him once practicing. I don't even know when he practiced. I thought he would just get up at the end of the night when he was quite boozed and, you know, whip out, whip out chicken fried or something. But he, <laughs> um, he really took it to another level. Oh, that's that's really nice. Yeah. It's yeah, that's pretty special for you too to be able to look back on that and and know that he put he put that effort in. Yeah, definitely. When booking in your vendors, did you guys allow yourself to allocate any extra budget for certain areas at all? So I think we sort of had to think about the the parts which were really important to us, and for that, those parts were music catering, alcohol, and a videographer. We sort of came up as our sort of four priorities for the celebration. Um, like I said before, luckily our band was, he, he, Michael was very reasonable, so that wasn't going to be a problem. We did obviously decide to bring our own caterer rather than use the one supplied by Tarara. And, you know, his food was delicious and, you know, probably was a little bit more expensive, but it was an area that we were wanting to sort of, um, we were happy to spend more money on because we wanted, you know, to have a delicious meal mm. at the wedding. And we got really beautiful food feedback the next day and everyone was commenting on how amazing the food was. So I think to hear that, given we had, you know, put a bit extra into that was really nice. Tarara was actually a BYO venue for us, um, which is another way that we were sort of able to save some money or, you know, spend extra money on certain types of alcohol. So, you know, we had French champagne for the canapes, but then opted to move to a sparkling wine once the reception started. So my I think mouth is like... watering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think having that BYO um, option, you know, makes it makes it easier. And then we did spend the money on a videographer, which you know it was expensive, but totally worth it. We are just over the moon with our with our video. Um, and have watched it so many times. Unfortunately, by the time I booked you, Eddie, we'd already booked our videographer. But I was going to say, who yeah. did you guys book for video? I was trying to think so of their we, names. We used Moon and Back. Right. Oh, yes, I've seen their work. It's great. Really um, fun so, and, yeah. and quick cuts. Yeah, and, yeah. and they, they actually compose a song for you, which I, I was actually a bit nervous, nervous about this at the beginning. So part of the contract, they compose a different song for every couple. Um, and you don't, this is the part I was nervous about, you don't get a say in the song. So I was a bit like, oh, what happens Ooh, if we just don't yeah. really connect with the song? So that was probably a little bit risky. And I definitely remember being worried about that now that I think about it. But I think maybe when you see the footage, actually the song they choose, I don't know, I feel like it just 
it just works. Yeah, it was. They, they did a really, really beautiful job. Nice. Uh, back on your, um, you said it was a BYO venue and you supplied the alcohol. Just curious because we're trying to suss it ourselves. <laughs> how did you figure out how much booze your guests yeah. were going to consume? Mm-hmm. Or did Millie help you out with that? Yes. Yeah, so um, a great um, service that White Tops offers is that, that they help you with your, they have so many spreadsheets, <laughs> um, but they help you work out sort of all of the calculations for the amount of alcohol you need. So I think from memory, the most amount of alcohol is consumed between the ceremony and the reception. 100%. Um, <laughs> so um, they were very, they really helped us. And so we kind of, we put, they gave us a scaffold. We did what we thought. And then they were like, you've got too much of this or not enough of this. Um, so that made it quite like that made it a lot easier because that can be I mean your biggest fear is running out of alcohol right (laughs) it's just not an option like I mean you don't want to be having to call Jimmy (laughs) Breen exactly (laughs) believe it or not you held a wedding before the horrendous COVID hitting everyone and stuffing up everyone's wedding plans where did you guys honeymoon after your wedding yeah, so we actually thinking about that even today, um, looking at the announcement of things changing again for regional travel, a friend of mine's used to get married in, you know, two weeks' time and everything's just, you know, up in the air now because of that. So I can't believe actually how lucky we were. But we went to raise at Water Goes for four nights after the wedding. Beautiful. Uh, which was just what we needed. We'd had our hens and bucks the weekend before our wedding Oof. because we had we had people <laughs> I know it was a it was a big call but you know, my sister was coming from London and we had a few people coming um from overseas so we'd done that the weekend before and I think after the four-day celebration of the whole wedding it was just the perfect place to relax and debrief mm-hmm. and um Eddie I was actually having a giggle the other day because I remember that when you sent through the preview shots, I was sitting on the bed at Ray's and I just started bawling my eyes out. That's what you want to hear. And I I was just so sad that it was all over when we received those shots. And then we actually did a skiing buddy moon in December, January of the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020. So we um, started off by visiting friends in Belfast for New Year's. And then we um, did a week skiing in St. Anton in Austria and then finished with a ski safari through the Dolomites. So oh, how good. That sounds pretty... unreal. Yeah, Just got me all of a sudden think... g up for overseas travel. <laughs> yeah. I know, and pretty crazy to think we were in Italy as, you know, COVID was, you know, spreading. So yeah. um, we're very lucky to have got that trip in, to be honest. Yeah. It's all right. We're we're coming out the other side now. Yeah. So hopefully that just gives the listeners a bit of a bit of a kick to bit know that it's yeah, it's on its way out. So it's good. Definitely. Just gotta hang in there. Yeah, exactly. Looking back, would you guys have done anything differently with your wedding day? Look, I don't I don't think so. And I think we're quite lucky to sort of be able to say that. The only thing I would say was that in the lead up to me putting on my dress and having sort of photos prior to the ceremony, it felt quite rushed. And I think this was all pressure I put on myself completely. Um, we'd had such a lovely morning sort of getting our hair and makeup done. 
Mm. And I remember all of a sudden seeing the bus arrive and all of our guests were walking across the lawn <laughs> and I was still in my robe and I was like, shit, <laughs> like how can they be arriving? I'm still in my robe. And <laughs> as I said, it was completely pressure I put on myself. Probably the only thing was I wish I'd sort of just taken a moment to maybe breathe. Um, relax and enjoy, you know, sort of that last half an hour. But I mean, if that's all I can think of, I think we did a pretty, pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. you nailed it. That's actually a really good point because the often those pre-wedding nerves, you're about to, you know, see all your family and friends and you're feeling a little bit anxious as it is. It's just good to just take a moment, breathe, even get yeah. the camera out of your face for a second and yeah, tell your photographer to piss off. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you... But, you, you honestly, I never felt any pressure with you, Eddie. Honestly, oh, good. It was great, so. and I'm not someone who loves who loves being in front of a camera. And you made us feel very relaxed. He's a, yeah, he's a good energy to have around, Ed. Yeah, on w- the day when you said at the start that your three words to describe you two, one of them was social. I was like, yeah, spot on. You guys were just <laughs> little. You know, you could just tell you guys are usually the life of the party, and you had a smile on your face the whole day. So when it's you know, people ask us what makes a good wedding. And like, if you two are happy and in love, then it's it'll be the best day ever and easy to photograph. So it just seemed like exactly that for your yeah. wedding day. So any final thoughts for future brides trying to uh, navigate the wedding planning process? I think it's really important to enjoy the time being engaged. You know, those first few weeks when you're telling your family and friends and after getting engaged are so special. And we just couldn't quite believe all the love that we receive from family and friends. Um, and I think people sometimes, you know, start because everyone does ask you, when are you thinking of going to get married? Mm. Um, or where, where are you thinking? And that is a really natural first question to ask your friend that's just got engaged. But I think it is important just to enjoy that time and like soak up the love. And you don't need to start planning straight away because you don't get that time again. I think you want to make sure you lean on your friends who have been through the process. You know, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. That's you know, a good obviously, one. You, obviously, you don't want to just copy your friend's wedding. But if, you know, if you loved, you know, your friend's wedding photos, then you could use the same photographer because your wedding is going to be different because it's at a different venue, you know, a different dress. Everything is going to be different. So I think... It is important to lean on your friends, especially if you are a little bit anxious about the planning process or, you know, you're doing more of a, you know, do-it-yourself wedding. I think to lean on your friends that have already been through that is definitely worthwhile. I would suggest meeting your vendors if possible. Um, You really want to put your trust in them. And, you know, I I remember, Eddie, when we met you at the pub and you just, it really gives you a sense of their personality and, and the service they're going to offer you. And I think at the end of the day, you want to be able to enjoy the wedding as much as you can and not be worried about, you know, are they going to take good photos? Are the flowers going to be right? So I think being able to meet them, and even if it is over Zoom, but obviously in person is amazing, but even if it is over Zoom, I definitely think that's worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. I think do what works for the two of you. It's It's your day. And if wedding traditions are not for you, don't feel pressure to conform. You know, I personally was not into the whole the bride and groom will now cut the cake. It just, I hated that attention on, often I find at weddings, everyone's sitting down and then it's just the bride and groom standing up cutting this cake. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I find it, I find it's it very an awkward. awkward moment. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why, it, it probably isn't, but I just find it a bit awkward. And But I really wanted a delicious wedding cake. So, um, 
we cut our cake during the ceremony, actually. So after we signed the registry, um, we just had a little table where we were signing. We just had our cake. And to be honest, I think I don't think some people would have even noticed we cut our cake. So <laughs> yeah. it just, it wasn't a big moment, but we, we still did it. My mum had this knife of her mother that she wanted me to use, you know, all of those little traditions that sometimes your parents try and get you to include. Mm. Um, but it wasn't this big moment. So I think, yeah, don't try and conform to those traditions if they're not you. Just, you know, do what works for you too. And I think lastly, my biggest advice is as the bride, if you want to speak, you should totally do it um, or have the have the courage to do it. Um, for some people, it does take a lot of courage and can be very overwhelming. It certainly was for me just because I was so nervous of standing up there and just being really emotional. And I just was worried I'd end up being a blubbering mess. But <laughs> And, you know, I, I did get teary during it, but I am so glad that I was able to express my love and thanks to everyone there in the room. I just, I'm just really glad I met, I, I took that opportunity and I have no regrets there. So I think if you want to speak, yeah, try your best to do it. And, you know, I wrote my speech a few weeks before and I practiced it in different rooms of the house. <laughs> so look, it probably was a bit more um, prepared than other people. You know, I can't just stand up and you know, just speak without any notes. So I had fully, I had my speech fully, you know, typed out and prepared, but um, I'm so glad I spoke. I think yeah. that's definitely the way to go anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of those things. The, the most common theme that we're getting through doing this podcast is that, you know, traditions are out the window and it's really important for you guys to focus on you two and what you guys want to do and what's important to you two and it sounds like you guys did just that so yeah you've got some really amazing points on reshaping your wedding to excuse me to suit you which is great oh thank you no I'm um as I said it's an it's an honor to being to be um invited to speak to you guys and I think what you're doing is really amazing I think to you know, bridal magazines aren't really around anymore. And obviously, as I said before, Instagram can be very overwhelming. And I think to be able to put on a put on a podcast whilst you're driving to work or going for a walk, just to hear different perspectives from brides or um, designers, I think well done for you guys for having the courage to get it started. <laughs> Thanks, Alice. That's it's people like you that keep us going. No, I think to be honest, you've you've enabled me to relive the wedding. We just had our two year wedding anniversary and I watched our video again this week. So it was a great Aww. opportunity to relive all those amazing memories. Oh well you'll get to listen to yourself now on Tuesday as well. <laughs> so thank you so much for especially for taking the time on your Friday afternoon where you've you've clocked off for the week so we appreciate that not a problem thanks guys have a lovely week thanks Thanks, Alice. alice cheers see you bye bye